Hey, Hit Factory listeners, this is Aaron. If you're enjoying and want even more Hit Factory, including the entirety of this episode, consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash hitfactorypod. For just $5 per month, you'll get access to our premium biweekly episodes, bonus episodes, interviews, polls, and a lot more. Thanks for listening and supporting. I, I think that Buddy specifically presents this really, really interesting evolution of the idea of justice and evolution of the idea of like the political and who our political actors are within the context of America specifically. Mm -hmm. He replaces uh, Charlie Wade, who is played by Chris Christopherson. Have not really liked him ever in, in anything I've seen him in to the extent that I do here. I think he's perfect. He's menacing. He's cruel. He's vicious. And he is more or less like a mob boss, right? Like you, you, pay up or you get bullets right like he takes a cut of whatever anyone's doing in town solicits bribes like requires people to pay fealty to him and he enforces that with a sense of violence and anger and and viciousness that people know like you're going to be looking down the barrel of a gun if you don't follow these orders so buddy is seen as this like breath of fresh air from that when he replaces him after Wade's mysterious disappearance, which is the impetus for this entire story, the recovery of his bones. What we begin to find out really quickly is that Buddy's not so different, that he, with his position, seeks to personally enrich often, that he doesn't solicit any outright bribes, but is never beyond taking advantage of his position within uh, within the system as and his his level of authority. And taking advantage of favors being done and that being sort of like an implied impetus for repayment at some point. Absolutely. We even find out that he uh, permitted someone to leave the jail to come and like clean his house. So we know that, you know, he's he's using free prison labor, which in so many, you know, words is slavery. Um, you know, like like that that is there very deliberately in, in this also movie. Also, something our current government does. Absolutely, of course. I think that he is meant to be a proxy for a lot of what the current neoliberal order does, and specifically a lot of what was shaping within like '90s Clintonite liberalism. Yep. Uh, I I think that he is an allegory for those things in the sense that he is a handsome face and has this sort of like mythic charismatic quality behind him. He's heralded as a a gentler, friendlier way to do business, right? And, and to, to legislate and to create law. And we find out that, like, actually these systems of oppressions remain intact. You know, like, there's a, a you know, blink and you miss it scene, but a moment where there's a Mexican-American man who is protesting uh, the, the naming of the new courthouse or, or the, the monument to Buddy Deeds going outside of the courthouse because of his involvement in a lot of these sort of like real estate schemes, utilizing and leveraging his position and his friendliness with legislators to make sure that he was sort of like pricing out the Latino population from yeah, their land, from their to homes. To displace populations that were already displaced. Yes, absolutely. You know, we also come to learn too that like Otis uh, owns the one sort of like refuge for black people in the town, his bar, Big O's, and that Mercedes owns like the single Mexican restaurant owned and operated by a Mexican-American because of Buddy's involvement, that he actively came in and intimidated and dissuaded people from creating competition. 
And so here you have, you know, like a loyalty that's generated from these people that represent these minority populations, but because of a reduction of the representation and the actual like opportunity opportunity that they have within the town, it's it's a microcosm of the things that we see happen all the time within like our government and the way that they operate, you know, and we when we talk about identity politics and representation within these systems, like this is this is that. Right. It's not an all boats rise mentality. It's we let one or two of you through so that we can, you know, mime some sense of progress. But the structures of oppression still remain fully intact. I mean, the definition of modern liberalism as a sort of it came to be in all of its uh, glorious toxicity in the <laughs> 90s is that it fundamentally wants the same thing as conservatism. It just wears a moral cloak around it. Uh, but the structures of power and the apparatuses of oppression and, you know, the hierarchies around around capital all remain intact. It's not a coincidence that this film takes place in a border town in Texas when NAFTA is just like upending the entire system of labor in America, particularly um, because of the outsourcing of labor taking place to the south of us in Mexico. Um, And this creating a lot of... uh, a lot of corrosion in, you know, in and around American industries that have historically been held domestically, um, but also a lot of conversation and animus around borders. And I think, again, like if we're talking about sales as a as a leftist filmmaker, it's in these more overt conversations and statements of the film, and it's also in the details of the story and um, and the the narrative flourishes that exist throughout the film. 